TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. Caller has questions. Blue 58! Blue 58! Go! And he wants your answers. Three! Red, red, red! Red Polly! Blue Poncho! In rapid fire fashion. Gun flex right stack. 394 Dragon Smoke. It's Hot Routes on Purple Daily. 5-8-8! All right, we are back. It is time for Hot Routes and our players today in the huddle. Huh? All right. Huh? Yeah. Is uh, huh? Rami Maklov, mm-hmm. Judd Zolgad, Jonathan Harrison. I guess coming from you, that's okay. That's okay. Anyone else, I would be very very down on for that. I think you're the only one at the station who can get away with the puns. Yeah, I think so. That's because I am an, that an artist. A pun artist, uh, if you will. <laughs> anyway, so I'm trying to think of what we should do for the hot routes today. I mean, I have our questions, but I've enjoyed making them like thematic. Themed. Themed yeah. hot routes. Yeah. Um, themed hot routes. Anything off let's of uh, NBA free agency? Well, that's what I was thinking about. Yeah. So let's let's do this. The Timberwolves are once again upsetting to everyone. Um, yes. Because of their inability to get D'Angelo Russell. And I totally understand the people who are like, look, they took a shot. It didn't work out. It's not that big of a deal. They could still do X, Y, and Z. But the helicopter thing puts it over. It is officially in lore status. All of the <laughs> LOLs to the franchise that has struggled so much. So you know what I'm going to do? I looked uh, just back here at the worst Timberwolves team ever which was 2009-10 when they won 15 games under Kirk Rambis. Yep. So today's hot routes will be players from the 2009-10 Minnesota Timberwolves. All, All right. right. So to begin, let's go. Darko Milicic, 33, Darko Milicic. That route just doesn't ever try, ever. You just don't try. That's what the route is. It you looked just... good on paper, though. That route That's looked right. really That's good right. on paper. Oh, it's right. a first pick, right? Right. First yeah. pick status. That's in your first 15. All right. Because it looks that good on paper. Our first hot route of the day here on a Monday. <laughs> Will Hernandez, one of the great Minnesota Viking players ever, Will Hernandez, told the New York media that guard Kevin Zeitler has been a phenomenal teacher for him. Uh-huh. You know, Kevin Zeitler, great player. Yep. So, of course, Hernandez famous around here, Rami, for being the guy the Vikings didn't draft. Mm -hmm. Um, Instead, they picked Mike Hughes and not Will Hernandez, and then their offensive line was what their offensive line was last year. Um, And he will forever be a part of us because of that. So, uh, when we think about that decision to draft Mike Hughes, um, do we think that it will ultimately work out, or will we always be talking about Will Hernandez? What do we think? I think Will, Hern- I'm, Will Hernandez is probably going to be the better player when all is said and done, but maybe this Gary Kubiak scheme and, and the, the zone blocking that they're putting in is a better fit for Mike Hughes. I don't know. Maybe. And he's a better player than what we saw last year. That's what most of the Vikings offense hinges on. Does it not? Gary Kubiak and whether or not this plan he's bringing in works. Mike Hughes is a cornerback. Okay. My bad. <laughs> It's okay. He oh, tore yeah. his ACL. You didn't he didn't play, play last year. Yeah, that's okay, right. that's why I didn't know who he was. I'm yeah. a jackass. That's all right. Had no idea. It's okay. All right. You're in uh, You're in basketball mode. 
This is also a hot baseball, start, this basketball. Is, you just mode. Laquan Treadwell that hot route. I did. He like darkoed it. No, he darkoed it. It's I even better. It, yeah. He took he took of? your play call yeah. and did exactly what it deserved. All right, maybe I should have gone. If I had first, if I had any shame, I'd I'd be ashamed right now. You shouldn't be. I don't have any shame. No, nor should nor should you. Shame. Uh, but I'm just going to move along from that. Well, Judd needs to answer. After he can answer. He knows days, what he's talking no about. Uh, I think it. I think it. It is a storyline that passes quickly here because one, if if things go according to plan, as you said, the offensive line takes a step forward. I also, unless Will Hernandez becomes a Hall of Fame surefire, I can't believe sure. we're always t- talking about him. He's an interior lineman. Those are not quarterbacks, skill position guys. It's not like he's going to be on the Sports Center top exactly. ten every week. <laughs> and if he like, is, oh, the we Will Hernandez highlights. And <laughs> if he is, you know what? It, it's a big deal. My guess though is Hughes comes back. Hughes is effective. Hughes becomes a starter at some point soon within the next couple of years. Yeah. And the Hernandez uh, storyline sort of stays there, but it's not a big deal. Jonathan, I think it passes. I think as long as Zimmer's here. Hughes will work out because he's had this effect on the cornerbacks mm-hmm. here. You've seen it from Trey Waynes, Xavier Rhodes, even Mackenzie Alexander had a stretch last year where he was pretty decent. Yep. And you just see his effect on cornerbacks. I think it works out. I think that the offensive line takes a step forward, hopefully, and we just forget about it. I think it depends much more on whether the offensive line steps up, which sure. is where I thought you were going with that. That's where I was going sure. with uh, <laughs> I'm buying it. Back off my guy, Rami. Yeah. That's what I meant. It's been a tough weekend for him. Uh, yeah, He's seen what happens in this town when you get your hopes up. And not only that, but it was so hot outside that Rami said I ate donuts all day and all day inside, Saturday. So. Oh, that sounds great. I got up early I enough. Toy Story Four. I got up early enough to uh, and did walk not to the donut cry shot during Toy Story Three. But I'm sure you guys will get into that. We'll no. talk about it. You've got Good job. no. You've got no. Soul. Good job, Rami. I'm a crier. I'm gonna say that. Uh, it really depends on Garrett Bradbury, Josh Klein, sure. and Pat Elfline. Because if they're decent on the interior offensive line, then, hey, you know what? It's okay. Bygones be bygones. Correct. Good thing you got another corner. You can always have uh, more cornerbacks. But if they struggle, we're going to be looking close at those PFF grades for Will Hernandez. I think the, I think. I think the interior line is going to be okay, don't you? No. Really? I, really, I, really <laughs> I like Elfline. I don't. I think Bradbury's going to be okay. I like Elfline. I think it's going to be okay. Think, now, the tackles, uh, I don't know. So better doesn't mean okay. Um, Garrett Bradbury's a rookie. He, I just watched this thing on NFL.com with Akeem Hicks talking Sorry. about how he demolishes offensive linemen. And, yep. <gasps> I mean, oh, my God, the highlights. I, I mean, we saw them against Minnesota, but just like this man is illegal. Mm-hmm. In most states, he's the, like the best player in the league. It's unbelievable. He does he does things to offensive linemen that are he's a, a, he's astounding. Yeah, so you, so you don't think it's going to be okay in 2019? No, I don't. I think that, so. You think that we will be talking about Will Hernandez quite a bit? I do. Yeah. Okay. I I, I think that the interior. I was trying to be up and here's why positive. they play they play six As games always, Judd. Six you games against three of the best <laughs> interior defensive lines in the NFL. And I think Akeem Hicks is going to have a fine time with Josh Klein is not a good player. So there's that. And then Elfline's going to a new position. And then you have Bradbury, who's a rookie. And I believe Garrett Bradbury will be a good NFL player. A rookie against Akeem Hicks, I wish you the best of luck, sir. So I I think it will be better, but not by a ton. Anyway. Johnny Flynn, 43. Johnny Flynn. Well, now we're getting into the details of it. Jeez.
Had to That's right. I went that wound yep. open, huh? No yep. Steph Curry, no Steph Curry. <laughs> kill, kill, kill. Uh guys, Marquise Goodwin won the forty yards of gold. It was a competition for NFL players and some guys who are like sort of NFL players. There were pictures of them with NFL jerseys, but I don't think they ever had to play NFL. Um, I think, participated. There was but serious I did not money on the line, though. Did Trey Wayne like get one, hurt? A million dollars? One million dollars. He did not get hurt okay. as far as I, I hope he didn't pull a hammy. One million dollars, Marquise Goodwin won. Marquise Goodwin, I covered in Buffalo. He is a great guy, and uh, I'm happy for him. Fastest guy I've ever seen run on a football field. Okay. He caught a touchdown from Jeff Toole against Kansas City that was literally the fastest I've ever seen any human run on a football field. And he was in the Olympics, and he got a silver medal in the Pan Am Games once. So this guy is bleeping fast. I want you guys to give me the next head-to-head competition that NFL players should do in the offseason. So they did the 40-yard dash. Marquise Goodwin's the fastest man in America. What's the next competition that they could have? I would like to see... Offensive and defensive linemen compete in the world's strongest man competition. Mm. Like throwing boulders. (laughs) (laughs) I'm with you you completely. I think it's a great idea. Like all the world's strongest. Neil Hunter pulling a plane with his teeth or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's 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 what I want to see. What do you think, Judd? I would like to see the uh, same position groups compete in wrestling. I'd like to see him wrestle. Oh. I'd like to see strength, mano a mano. Like, I'd like to see men tested. Like pro wrestling or amateur? It'd be more fun okay. if it was pro. All right. It'd oh. be more fun if they learned so the, like the pro moves. So like off the top rope? But yes. Like, exactly. God! Exactly right. Like, like Like big left tackles. I think it'd be great fun. It'd be it'd be dangerous and careers would probably come to a sudden end, but it'd be fun to watch <laughs> while it was going on. Aaron Donald just... Choke slam Tom Brady! <laughs> Would that not be fun? That'd be amazing. Target Center could host it. It's just like a video game idea. Like NFL wrestling would yeah. be pretty fun. Brian McKinney could come back. <laughs> Brian McKinney would be great. By God, that's Brad McKinney's music! <laughs> I'm on to something. I want to see a uh, distance throwing competition. Just see how far these quarterbacks can mm. throw it. We've always heard that Mike Vick could just throw the ball 70 yards. I, I want to see this happen. Just without... Defensive lineman coming at him, just stand still and throw the ball as far as you can. The QB challenges back in the day. They did that, right? I love the QB challenges. I know. They still play them on NFL Network sometimes. And Favre, I think, threw like 78 yards. Yes. It was. And the best was that Jim Harbaugh threw like 58. (laughs) (laughs) He was an NFL quarterback, two NFL quarterbacks, but Harbaugh's running up and throwing it, and he throws 58, and here's Favre. Over at least 75 or more, wow. which was absolute insanity. That's the direction that I was going to go, is bring back the QB challenge, yeah. only for way more money. Like for, this was a million dollars, 10 million bucks for QB <laughs> challenge. Yeah. Let's get everybody back out there. This way you get to see Sam Bradford in the way that you guys got to see him in the spring when there's just, nobody just coming out of the ball. Just throwing yep. the ball and about, showing off his arm. How about all the... Uh, Offensive lineman at the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Championship. <laughs> well, that'd be fun. That'd be amazing. I would I would enjoy that. Play, anything that involves players doing other sports would be funny, like a home run derby NFL version would be pretty good. Your guy Stefan Diggs could compete. Uh, yeah, he looked like you shooting threes. Uh, remember, uh, felt good about uh, that. Oh, okay. You should remember him. He still plays. Brian Bulaga, the offensive yeah, lineman for yeah. the Packers. When he was drafted, you know, after almost every team that has a major league major league baseball team in the same market, part of the welcome to town, they'll bring him 
to a game on a sure, summer afternoon. Sure. And if they want, they'll take batting practice. I was there for Brian Bulaga's tour of Miller Park and his batting practice. Dude was hitting bombs. Mm. Like one after another, really? just bombs. So our friend Justin or our friend uh, Sage Rosenfels was mentioned by Justin Morneau on their broadcast once because the Vikings players went and did that, and I think nobody went deep. Everson Griffin did a couple of years ago, and he mentioned that Sage Rosenfels had gone deep a bunch of times in uh, the Metrodome when they did it when he was a member of the Vikings. So I texted Sage. I was like, "Dude, you just got a shout out for hitting bombs at the Metrodome. Take a BP." And he texts it back like, oh, yeah, I remember that. I'm like, dude, I would pimp that all the time. I would tell everyone that. I'd be like, hell yeah, Justin Morneau is better than you. All right, Brian Cardinal, 44, Brian Cardinal. That's, and that was a thing, Man. unfortunately. Brian Cardinal did play for the Wolves Man. in 2009-10. Purdue, he was like 58, I think, by that time. Uh, here. Maybe 60. Randall Cobb, in talking about his exit from Green Bay, said, it's like an ex-girlfriend who broke up with you. Now, I'm not going to nitpick this too much, but if she broke up with you, she's already your ex-girlfriend. It's not like an ex-girlfriend. Anyway, don't worry. Randall, I get what she's, he's... broke up, broke yeah. up with you. So it's like, I get what he's it's saying. a girlfriend who broke up with you who is now an ex-girlfriend. Yeah. It's not a, anyway, uh, Jonathan and I and Judd have never had any other girlfriends other than our wives, which is like a weird coincidence that there are four of us who work here who have that, who married our first girlfriends. Really? Uh, yeah. Seth, uh-huh. too, our social media guy. Really? Yeah, very yep. strange. Very strange. Wow. Explains um, a lot, doesn't it? <laughs> so I mean, I, I'm not judging at all. That's so, oh, no, that's no, okay. It, it's but just, for four guys in the same place I, to all have that same story. Is, I have barely met anyone else who has that. Don't get me just, wrong. Yeah, I don't have a huge roster, but I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I would ask you guys for stories of heartbreak, but we just don't have them. So I want you guys to tell me the player who left your favorite team when you were younger that made you upset the most. Let's start, Judd. Oh boy! Um, you know what? Probably because I, I started watching the Twins intently in '78, and in I believe that off season going into '79, if I'm not mistaken, Carew was traded. Now he it was it was no surprise, and the expectation was that he uh, was going to try to get out, and that the Twins were going to trade him. So it didn't come as a shock. But man, Rodney was a special player. And that that was tough. I think that was it. Didn't make me cry, but to lose a player of that magnitude and ha- have him replaced by Ron Jackson, not exactly ideal. So probably Carew in that first Twins team that I watched being gone by the next season. Rami, I remember waking up nine years old and my dad telling me that the Bears have traded Jim McMahon, and I was man, you're young. Love Jim McMahon. Biggest Jim McMahon fan in the world. Like I had the haircut, I wore the headband. That's awesome. I wore the sunglasses. The punky QB was my dude, and I you moon people ball and helicopters. <laughs> I didn't believe my dad at first, and he had to sh- he had to go and get the newspaper and show me <laughs> show me visual evidence. <laughs> and think about that that though. it had happened. He had to go get a newspaper yeah. and show you. Yeah, and for some reason, my dad thought it was hilarious. That I was bawling my little eyes out. Wow. That Jim McMahon was traded by the Bears. It's not very nice. I just remember my dad laughing. <laughs> laughing very, very hard at that. I don't know why, but he thought that was funny. Some childhood trauma. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, I've got two for the Vikings. It was Randy Moss when he left the first time. I loved watching him play. Obviously, there was outside of the football field reasons why he had to leave. 
that first time and then you guys literally just spent the first hour talking about him teddy teddy bridgewater i was so disappointed when you know they didn't sign him obviously they couldn't they couldn't keep him on but yeah teddy bridgewater i loved that guy coming out of the draft and he would i was hoping he'd be the franchise quarterback for a while i have mentioned mine before and it's antoine winfield everyone knows about how great antoine winfield was here he was just as good or better in buffalo and was my favorite player on that team, hands down. They had a great defense. They had picked up Takeo Spikes and London Fletcher, and they were stacked. They were really good. And Winfield was, I mean, when you get, sometimes it's like cliche, you get a short guy, and if he makes like one tackle, then the announcers will be like, that guy's the heart and soul of the team. Antoine Winfield is the best pound-for-pound tackler in NFL history. Like him and Sam Mills, I am telling you, he was. This is not wrong. No, if no, you're right. Best tackler in NFL. Yes, he's one of yes. he, he was phenomenal. Seriously, this is not a joke. Like, look up his Pro Football Focus tackling grades. This is a real thing. Yep. Like, he's the best pound for pound tackler linebacker. in NFL history. He was. He tackled like a linebacker. It was look the it exact up. same thing. I will pull this up for you as we're talking. His Pro Football Focus grades in tackling. He punished people. This is this is look not up. just. No, I believe. I just thought that was hyperbole. No, it's he was not the best. hyperbole. This I, is like I watched him play. It's, it it's insane. And not only that, but if, it, it, in, in my opinion, if uh, he was playing today in this era where we pay more attention to who they don't throw at as opposed to just interceptions, yeah. that he would be a Hall of Famer. I think he was that good. And when he left Buffalo, I was enraged. Did you cry? I have not. Your dad laughed at you? I mean, my dad Your dad laughed at me. When but did I was you stop mad. crying? At what, cry. age, at what age did Matthew Collar stop feeling feelings? Six months. Let's get deep here. I mean, in all honesty, top routes. I I don't remember his Antoine Winfield's run no defense. Tears, seventy eight. I'm, I'm gonna break uh, his run defense here. His grades yeah, for PFF. You're not wrong. They're all in the nineties except for one year. It's amazing. Anyway, I don't know. Um, probably before <laughs> I can even really remember, you would actually have to ask my mom. Probably like when I stopped crying. Really, it just doesn't happen. We should call her. Yeah, on the she's air. She's been on the out. show before. I know she has. That is weird, though. To I not cried cry. on my lunch break just to cry, just just to get it out. Hey, that's fine. I I am not judging about it. I'm not like, hey, look, just I cried about. step up your man card or whatever. I'm not that guy. Like it's just, it's just a fact. It doesn't happen to me. And my wife will occasionally ask, "Are you a psychopath?" It is weird. Does she cry much? Not really. No, she's not a big cry. No. <laughs> right. Mo- movies, she will sometimes. Yeah, movie. Yeah. It definitely happens at movies. Me, really? Does not happen. No movie. Like you've never there, cried there is, in a movie. I've never cried in a movie. Not it even is, Rudy. It is. Have no, you cried? Nothing. Have you cried no because of sports? Tears no. of joy or sadness. Exactly. No, I have felt emotions before. So what happens? I've never. <laughs> so like, I, just what, what physically? No, just, but when you feel emotions, like what physically happens to you? Oh, uh, like how do you even know? Oh, like with. I don't know if anything happens like with my face. Like <laughs> 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 anything. I mean, there, there's like we Kevin Garnett won the uh, title. Yeah, always a huge Kevin Garnett sure. fan growing up. Okay. So it was like uh, I feel really great for him. Just like this is that that was such an outburst I of think emotion. Your right, it's sort of psychopathic. Right, yeah, maybe, maybe we'll have to get a psychologist. You never even get choked up. Nothing. Choked up, maybe. Okay. Yeah. I'll go with maybe on choked up. He right. doesn't really know though. I have a. I work with some really weird people. I have a physical reaction sometimes. The like. If I cut your forearm sh- open, are there circuits? Uh, yes, there are. They, they're football circuits. <laughs> yeah. They only study it's pig, football. It's connected by pigskin. So what? Like, there there are certain um, certain music songs where I will get like the goosebump feeling. 
Okay, that's so, a good start. There are emotions that exist. That's a, that's I like a start. that you call them music songs like a robot would. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, Ryan Gold. The Ryan music Gold. songs you humans listen to? 44. Back to the hot routes and less about my emotions. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's... Uh, guys, uh... <laughs> former Titans quarterback Vince Young has put himself into rehab after he was arrested on drunken driving charges for the second time in three years. Um, Vince Young, post-career, it's not always gone great for him. He And he had a weird career in general. He went 31-19 and 19 as a starter. He made two Pro Bowls, and his stretch between 2009 and 10, he actually was good. Like, his passing statistics aren't even bad. I want to know if you guys think Vince Young was a bust. Oh, I gotta look. I, mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to call up the stats because my initial inclination from my side is absolutely he was. But let me look at the let me look at his stats. Yeah, just because he I fizzled feel like out he, I feel so like quickly. Well, and and keep in mind too, the expectation was this guy played in one of the greatest college football games of our lifetime. Yeah, like that Texas USC. I mean, game it was, one, was of one of the great individual performances ever. Yeah, and, and so I feel like he I feel like he was without looking at the stats. <laughs> Thank you to Nathan who called me his favorite robot. Um, appreciate I you, Nathan. I appreciate I that. I am programmed not to cry. No the emotion. analytics on Antoine Winfield's tackling suggest when he, he was, was the best. When he was traded, I was so upset I short circuited for throat for three days. <laughs> yeah, he's a bust. Uh, my mom says. I'm looking. At, he's a bust. Okay, my mom says the last time that it happened. She listens to the show. Thanks, mom. Is. When I was 12 and my cat got hit by a car. Mm. So there you go. Was that your fault? Oh, no. I didn't hit the cat with my car. No, no, no. I'm not asking if you're oh. driving. I'm saying, did, did you allow the cat out to set oh, up its no, demise? Oh, no, no. It was an outdoor cat. Did you witness it? Did you see the cat? Yes. Getting, oh, I was ooh. mowing the lawn. Oh, I was mowing hold the lawn. on. Yeah, oh, I was hold on. Lawn. That explains a lot. Man. I was mowing the lawn across the street for my Mrs. Collar, yes. was there therapy? That's my next question. No, that's a traumatic thing. No, I'm asking yeah, your mama. No. I'm not asking you. Oh, I don't okay. trust I'll, you to I'll tell get the truth. Answer on that. Can we go back to Vince? That's Young? why he stopped feeling feelings. <laughs> I know that he never. But really, you need to get him to. He never properly processed that. But you need to get him into therapy exactly. ASAP. And I fear mom collar didn't do that. And he never got my, closure. How about this? Now my dad says that it has happened with sports after wide right, but I was four and a half. Okay. That, yeah, that doesn't. No, that I think sense. I think the cat thing is where where. Therapy should stop for today and pick up tomorrow. <laughs> there, there Don't are, you guys? Yeah, probably. There are pictures out there, <laughs> and if she's listening, she'll be tweeting them at us soon, of me just the ugliest of ugly crying when the Cubs won the World Series. <laughs> oh, I oh saw I've seen them. It's just great. You are a mess. I'm a mess. Your, hair's, a mess. All, your yep. hair's all pulled out. Of, yeah, it looks very weird. You know, it's very much, though, perfect for what I do, like how I process these things. Yeah. Because with sports... If, if, for example, I've said this before, when people are like, oh, covering the Vikings, that's got to be amazing. I'm like, only for a certain kind of person it is. Because if you are a huge Vikings fan and you, like, ride the roller coaster of everything, it would be very difficult to do your job if you were covering them. Because it's, you'd want to punch a television all the time and uh-huh. fight the players in the locker room. And defend room the team constantly. Yeah. I mean, but, but even more so, you would just be, yeah. like, really upset a lot of the time. Yep. And also find out that some players aren't as nice as you think and, they are. But anyway. Th- and then you can't cry. So the hot route, because this has gone into a very weird direction. Mm-hmm. Vince Young. Sort of enjoyed it. Back to Vince Young. Yeah. Is he a bust? I say yes. I think he is. Fizzled out too quick. Given the expectations, him being a quarterback, and he 
He played five years, one, two, three. So he played with the Titans. He was drafted where? He was drafted... At the top, wasn't the, it? The first third, overall. Wasn't I'm it? looking right now. Third overall. Oh, third third overall, sorry. first round, 2006. Yes. Yep. Definitely a bust. I think he was too injured. At, he, yeah, he was a bust. He was too injured. He, I mean, his best season record-wise, he threw nine touchdowns and 17 interceptions. Yeah. And career-wise, he threw more interceptions than touchdowns, and his passing completions not that great. I have trouble calling him a complete bust because... He went 31 and 19 as a starter. And and I know that win loss record is not always a great indicator, but he ran a lot. They ran the football a lot, which could mm-hmm. be part of the reason he doesn't have as many touchdowns. And he did some things on the NFL football field that really were incredible. There was a game against the Bills where he was bad the whole game. And then final drive, he took off and ran for like 45 <laughs> yards. It was nuts. And then the Titans ended up winning. I guess I understand it. I want to say that he just... There's a difference between complete bust and didn't live up to what people thought you could be. Does that make sense? And I think also it's really maybe not fair to him just with his personality. Maybe he wasn't made to be a true NFL star quarterback, but that was the expectation because of, like you said, Judd, the the great game. Did you give an answer to this, Rami? Yes, he's a bust. Oh, okay. Bust. I think that's fair. Fizzled out too quickly. But two Pro Bowls... I don't know. You're you're right. You're right. It, it wasn't a long career. Final one here for today. Uh, well, who should we go with? Final Wolves player. Corey Brewer. How did he score? 50-something in a 50 game? 50 against the Rockets one year. <laughs> 2012 or something? 11? Anyway. Eli Manning, fellas, says that he's willing to help Daniel Jones get better and become the Giants quarterback of the future. I believe him. I believe him. Eli's a nice man. He's, so he's the anti-Big Ben, he's the anti-Joe Flacco or Brett Favre. He actually will help Daniel Jones. I totally believe Oh, I thought him. you meant those guys were good quarterbacks. Oh. 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 But, uh, you yeah. know, okay. Well, two out of those three only have one Super Bowl, so. <laughs> Tell me uh, somebody for you guys who selflessly helped you in your career when they could have been egotistical and tried to hold you back. So I got who was your easy one. Who was your Eli Manning? I got an E. And now, now I was no threat to the, this guy, but he was a big deal when I started at the Star Tribune, and I was the lowest of the low answering phones, taking scores, blah, blah, blah. Patrick Royce. Patrick Royce is one of the greatest guys ever as far as, because he could have easily been like, ah, kid, I don't care about you. He helped me at every turn. So, without a doubt, first mind, first person that comes to mind who easily could have blown me off and helped me instead is Patrick. I, uh, I again, I have a laundry list of names that I could give for this for my previous stop in Milwaukee where I Judd started Holger. my radio career. But I will pick um, Tim Allen, who was the host of our Brewers postgame show at my previous radio stop. And Tim is, uh, he's, no way to put this gently, he's blind. And it's amazing what he can do without actually seeing the game to analyze it. And I lived nearby Tim Allen and produced his Brewers postgame show for about five years. So I had what I considered to be the honor and the privilege of driving half hour to and half hour home from work with him and talking baseball Hmm. and talking radio and just getting schooled on both. Like, And it was like going to school all over again, those car rides and working with him and... uh, he actually, at one time, we got a new boss who was not a fan 
of me and wanted a new producer for the post game show. And Tim said, "I'm not doing that post game show without Rami. You'll need a new host too." Hmm, so nice. Not too many guys would uh, go out on a limb like that for you. So I'm going to say Tim Allen. I'm going to say our current boss, Phil Mackey. He uh, back in the day when I was filling when I was. This is wow. not a suck up move. I promise. Yes, it is. Back when I was. I almost did this. The and producer. I was like, ah, oh, that's shameless. Back when I was the film producer every once in a while. All right, I'll just stop. No, go ahead. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, there's your I'm kidding. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, finish. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was kidding. I was kidding. You knew this was coming. I know. If you didn't know this was coming. Oh, no, I knew it was. Go ahead, finish. Cram session today. He's got no chance, right? Ron is out. You're both out. I didn't do anything. I just made the smoochy sound. Exactly. You started it. You started it. I filled. No, back when I filled in as the producer for Mackie and Judd back in the day, there was a couple times where I would ask for evaluation afterwards, just trying to get better, and he'd always give me all stuff things that was positive reinforcement. Hey, you did this well, you did this well, you did this well. Work on this. And he's always done that for me when I've asked for anything. And then he also hired me for this role when he was helping build this, and he didn't have to go with the guy who's never had a full-time gig. He he could have gone with the veteran, but he chose me. So, Maggie. That's very nice, John. It's very well, It's not a suck-up move. Very good answer. Uh, the host it's totally so, valid. It was, yeah, no, it was Whatever, a suck-up move, though. Let's be honest. It, no, of course it was. Uh, the, uh, the hosts that I work with in Buffalo, when they hired me to be a sports update anchor, yep. they could have never allowed me on the radio. Like, I mean, yeah. they could have just said, do your sports updates and don't ever speak to the hosts. And they had been around for a long time, had had great ratings, very accomplished and everything. And I started covering the American Hockey League team there. And so they would bring me on to talk about the American Hockey League team and give updates and everything else, giving me a chance to be on the radio. The Rochester Americans? Yeah, the Rochester nice. Americans. That's right. So uh, all four of the hosts in Buffalo were, were really, really great to me. They were my Eli Mannings. <laughs> if you actually believe that. No, Eli's and I don't gonna, believe that know, Eli story for one second. That's the joke. All right, this is going for Daniel excessively Jones long. got booed by let's, Yankees fans. Uh, let's take a break. We're going to return. And, I'm uh, leaving. I'll see you. ESPN has the biggest NFC South questions, and I want to run through them with Rami here when we return. We'll be right back here on Purple Daily. Let freedom run this Independence Day at the Red, White, and Boom TC Half Marathon Relay in 5K in Minneapolis on July 4th. Enjoy hot dogs, all-American pops, and a free summit beer. For sign-up information, visit scorenorth.com, keyword, boom. First and 10 from the 25, Bridgewater's under center, 2-by-2 formation, and Ingram the tailback. He fakes the handoff, rolls out to his left, throws on the run, has a wide-open Ben Watson across the 40-yard line, 18 yards on first down. To the 43. All right, back here, Purple Daily, Matthew Collar, Rami Makalov. If the um, Minnesota Timberwolves or Minnesota Wild sign anyone, I'll let you know throughout the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't expect it for the Wolves. Maybe Corey Brewer is still around and a free agent, possibly. Uh, At the risk of sounding totally ignorant, which I am when it comes to hockey. Uh, NHL free agency also started today? It but did. That started today? It did. And the Wild made a move um, that I and Yahoo NHL page called insane by signing a 32-year-old guy to a very long contract for a lot of money, which I don't really understand at all. But why, if you're the NHL, do you schedule your free agency to start basically at the same time as NBA free agency? 
See, you really think that you're trumping them and stealing well, headlines? I think they probably look at it as they don't get headlines anyway from the national networks and stuff in America. And there's almost nothing that they could do that would get them headlines in free agency. Like Anders Lee, Minnesota guy, I believe, right? Isn't Anders Lee from Minnesota? He signed a huge deal with the Islanders. Is that headlining Sports Center on any date 365 days a year? No, yeah. probably not. Not, no. not going to happen. So they own the headlines in Canada on this day, much more than basketball. Unless Kawhi signs with the Raptors uh, right, today. Right, yeah. exactly. So they know that, that, that they're going to be big in the NHL markets and stuff, and there's not, there's not too much crossover. So right. I think it probably doesn't matter to them. But anyway, we were talking last segment a little bit before we get into these NFC South questions about Jim McMahon. Yeah. And the way that I would describe to you... Uh, what do we? Oh, what do we got? What, what does Patrick Royce want to say? What's up, Patrick? As full as horse dung as you guys are about Teddy Bridgewater. Wrong. I Go gotta ahead. tell you that you're 100 percent on Antoine Winfield. He was such a great tackler that I was covering a Ohio State Gopher game at the Metrodome, where Ohio State beat them routinely, of course, and I ended up writing my column about this little tiny cornerback who made all the tackles for Ohio State. <laughs> he was the toughest little SOB I ever saw, and that was like his junior year of college, maybe his sophomore year. I don't know. I was devastated when he left Buffalo, Patrick. I mean, I mean, he was so good, not only at tackling, but at shutting down whoever he was playing. He was one of the early, when he came here, the slot corners that are so important now in the NFL. And any team that wanted to run toward him, it was like running into a linebacker. And, you know, Judd, what's, uh, what's amazing is cheap red McCombs outbid them for. Why, <laughs> yes. why didn't they keep him? Was why there a helicopter involved him? in that, too? Was there, was there something, or, or something with a flight? Because we were talking about the D'Angelo Russell thing earlier yeah. about the helicopter. Wasn't there something with a flight where he was going to sign somewhere else and then they got him to not fly there? With I think they did, yeah. I think Tice kidnapped him or something. But <laughs> what's amazing is how cheap Red was. That they, they wouldn't even hire an offensive coordinator in 2005 for Dante. He, uh, he signed both Pat Williams and, uh, and, uh, and Antoine uh, to, pl- to play defense for them. He, uh, you know, they, both of them ended up here, and I don't know why, why their teams didn't keep them, because they were both fantastic. Well, I know why they didn't keep them, because the bills were cheap as hell. And I also heard that Antoine Winfield didn't want to stay in Buffalo because his wife didn't like it. And Oh, okay. Well, it happens. Um, <laughs> let, well, while you're here, Patrick, let me ask you something, because uh, Kevin Durant's number is going to get retired by the I Warriors. I just heard that. I almost drove up the road. <laughs> <laughs> are, are you one of the people, Patrick, that believes that uh, Randy Moss's number should be retired, or do you not care about that? I think they could do it. Yeah, I, I think they could do it. He, you know, he didn't. All of his, all of his off the field machinations resulted in very few arrests. You know, so, <laughs> you know, I mean, he did the, up the traffic cop and then claimed the marijuana belonged to somebody else that was that apparently sneaked into his car and put it in his ashtray, but. Uh, but that, uh, you know, no, I, I would probably retire his number yeah, if they want to. I mean, it's, it's, it's entirely up to them. I want to get Anthony Carter's 
in the ring of honor, though, before I worry about Randy Moss having his number retired. Yeah, Anthony yeah. Carter was great. Uh, I'll tell yes, he I'll... was better than Ahmad, and I'm but Ahmad's like a you know everybody likes Ahmad, so they uh, and and he agreed to show up, so uh, they, they <laughs> retired his number before Anthony Carter, which is a joke. Uh, I when they when Ahmad Rashad showed up, I was like, the the inside the NBA guy is getting retired by this team. This is awesome. <laughs> like, I totally agree with this. Just Another a, former Bill, right? Wasn't he? A, oh yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. He, he played for the Bills. I'll tell you a quick story of why Patrick. I don't want to see number eighty four retired because its history is weird and hilarious. So I was telling Rami about when Jim McMahon was the quarterback for the Vikings. He threw uh, a pass, a 45-yard pass against Green Bay to win yes. to Eric Gulliford, who had one catches in Minnesota Viking yes. wearing the number 84. And there's so many weird things that happened with number 84 before Randy even got it and since that I just love it. I don't want it to go away. Now, here's even better about that game, and Judd can remember this. Viking fans were convinced, our, our Packer fans were convinced that uh, Gulliford had snuck off the sideline. Remember that? Oh, Judd? that's right. Yeah. Uh, well, Judd Judd stepped out. Uh, oh, he stepped met, out. Yeah, they thought enraged about hockey. Sneaked out of the sideline. Yes. Yeah. I so did. I I came across. I ended that story. up writing yeah. a column. You know, a spoof. We we diagrammed the play how Gulliford sneaked in <laughs> from behind the cheerleaders, <laughs> and we did X's and O's and the whole thing. And some guy in Green Bay was doing a sports show and went with it, and it became a, <laughs> a fantastic. Uh, I was getting letters, and you know, oh, it man. was uh, it was fantastic. See, that, uh, that's why they shouldn't retire great. it. I came across. <laughs> I can't, so how about this? The first guy to ever wear eighty four in Vikings history retired to become an OBGYN because it paid better. Uh, who was that? Who was it? I don't, I don't. I don't remember his name now. I wrote it as an article when Moss went into the Hall of Fame okay. about how weird it was. And then my favorite story since I've been here was Bucky Hodges, a sixth round draft pick, getting number eighty four <laughs> and saying he wanted to make the number legendary. Yes, yes, he did. <laughs> and of course, we were. We couldn't have been more excited going into that uh, training camp about we had finally found the tight end that was going to be better than Rudolph. Right? right. There's Bucky. a reason why he was in the sixth round. Round, I think. And there's, well, wasn't he a former uh, mediocre quarterback? Oh, I think. Um, I, yeah, I forget the story with him, but it turned out he was or a maybe dumbass. he was a basketball player. Yeah, he was really dumb. That was the problem. <laughs> Anyhow, really I wanted stupid. to confirm your Antoine Winfield that it's not often that you're just sitting there watching an obscure game and ended up end up saying, "I got to write a comma about this little sob." <laughs> see, I, well, I'm glad you could corroborate it because Rami yeah. was was not buying into oh, me saying yeah, he was the what? best. Well, no, I knew I knew he was a very good tackler, but when he said best pound for pound tackler ever, I just thought that was maybe. Well, Rami, you got to start with the fact he weighed 180. Probably when he came into the league, he probably might have got up to 190, 85. He was a brick outhouse, you know, a little tiny brick outhouse, but. Uh, but he didn't weigh much. So. Brick outhouse. Well, okay, that's a good place to <laughs> let you go then. Well, you, you know, normally you don't use outhouse. You use a different term. I got what you were saying. I got what you were saying, Pat. Yes. Uh, All right, Jensen. Appreciate it. Thank Patrick. you, sir. Patrick Royce there weighing in on Antoine Winfield. I'm telling you, he was absolutely phenomenal. Anyway, uh, I wanted to mention to you, because we were talking about uh, Teddy Bridgewater earlier on the show, and you and I had kind of gone back and forth on the Bridgewater thing about his, uh, how he's remembered here in Minnesota and that sort yeah. of thing. The best, and the best way I can describe to you the way that Vikings fans feel about Teddy Bridgewater is who your favorite player was growing up, 
Jim McMahon. That there's a lot of similarities with how they played. They never put up huge statistics. You never went like, oh yeah, put him in the Pro Bowl because he right. had 50 touchdowns or anything. But played to what he had, which was great defenses, made big plays at big times. Didn't have a mullet, but I think that there's a lot of similarities there. If only he had a mullet. If only Ted, Teddy Bridgewater rocked the Jim McMahon mullet. <laughs> Jim McMahon mullet. I'm sure you could still find it. No, him. but that makes sense to me now, because I didn't get it until you put it like that. That sort of crystallizes it for me in a way that I can understand, and I won't question people's love for Teddy Bridgewater from here forth. Thank you. Appreciate that. You still may overrate him a little bit, but I get why you love him. Mm, does Sean Payton overrate Teddy Bridgewater? Possibly. No. No, he doesn't. Actually, well, the... The thing about Bridgewater that is so fun to go back and forth with is that people really do have trouble understanding how fantasy stats are different than real life. Even when Bill Barnwell had this number about Kirk Cousins last year, that he was the second had the second most yards when his team had a 1% or less probability to win the game. <laughs> so like, Say that number again. So... When the Vikings had a less than 1% chance yes. to win, they had a 99% chance to lose. Cousins had the second most yards oh, in the amazing. NFL of all the quarterbacks. So they're literally meaningless yards. Exactly. Wow. And so that would not have been the case for Teddy Bridgewater because they mostly played games where they were close. And when you looked at the situational stuff, Bridgewater, like Jim McMahon, was Really, really good at it. If the game was on the line, you needed him to make a couple plays, he could make them. But the other statistic that's crazy with Teddy Bridgewater is, because uh, I did a thread on this not too long ago, the, the clean pocket stuff where his rating, quarterback rating with a clean pocket, so no pressure on him at all, was just behind Ben Roethlisberger and just ahead of Aaron Rodgers in 2015. And the crazy thing was that he also was uh, had the second most uh, accurate by PFF when he was under pressure, too. So the the accuracy, the completion percentage, all that stuff, um, just you could see why he was so well liked. Back to your Sean team. Payton point, didn't he at one point say that Taysom Hill was Drew Brees' successor? I mean, he talks a big game about backup quarterbacks, talks is what to, I'm saying. Talk, well, he paid out. Okay. They paid out. Sure. $7.5 $7. million. He's the highest paid backup in the league. That's more than talk. So that's, that's more than talk. I mean, I'll give you that. They didn't have to bring him back. I'm just saying that when. We debate this. I think it ends with, hey, was Teddy Bridgewater good or not? When there's that debate going back and forth, he was a noodle arm, some people will say. You know, <laughs> he didn't throw enough touchdowns. It ends with, Sean Payton just paid more money for him than anybody else in the league was willing to. And this is post-knee falling apart. Right. So I, I think that Sean Payton probably knows a little about what he's talking about. But anyway, all right. But more than me? You did think Mike Hughes was a Debatable. what? What did you think Mike Hughes was? I don't even, I don't even know. Offensive lineman? I, I don't know, man. Receiver? It's, okay. Okay. it's okay. It happens. <laughs> See, this, is the, this is the great thing about I'm talking football on July 1st, and you're like twins and wolves, things are happening. You're trying to dip a toe NBA in hockey. free agency was yesterday. Uh, I'm like, remember yesterday. this? Yeah, remember this guy who's the fourth corner? What do you think about him? I don't have a lot of thoughts. Yeah, no, I don't have no, a whole lot of that's, thoughts. That's okay. We'll get you in shape. Um, Mike Hughes, I don't think, played any games against the Bears last year also. Or against uh, the... No, he would have played one against the Packers. Didn't play much. Anyway, we'll take a break. Let's let's answer these AFs, uh, NFC South questions real quick when we return here on Purple Day. Jonathan here with the Score North download. 
Now we know about the receiver tandem of Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen being amongst the best tandems in the league right now at their position. But according to Pro Football Focus, another Vikings position tandem ranks among the best in the league, and that would be the Vikings safeties of Harrison Smith and Anthony Harris, who PFF ranked as their fifth best safety pairing in the league. PFF saying about Harrison Smith, he remained elite against the run with a 91.3 run defense grade in 2018, the best mark among safeties and of Anthony Harris. He recorded three interceptions and two additional pass breakups and allowed a passer rating of only 24.0 on throws into his coverage. What other position groups are you excited about on the Vikings rosters? Well, let us know on Twitter at Score North. That's at S-K-O-R North on Twitter. That's your Score North download. Now back to Purple Daily. Thank you, Jonathan. Uh, little uh, disclaimer here on the Anthony Harris thing is the yeah. PFF gave him a really high grade. So some people have been confused of like, oh, are they saying he's better than Harrison Smith? Like, no, they're not. They just no. he played well in a small right. sample of games last year. This would be a thing if not for Mike Zimmer. We'd be like, oh man, uh, Anderson Dale's not here anymore. Can Harris do it? It's like, oh well, Zimmer's coaching, so probably. Yeah, that's what he does. It's, it, it's kind of amazing how that works. Of like last year when Sandejo got hurt. Oh, well, you know, Harris is going in. We didn't even write about it, really. Like, He's the defensive yeah. backs whisperer. Yep. Uh, before we... Whisperer is a hard word for me to say. Whisperer? A whisperer. Before we hand the ball off to Mackie and Judd and you mm-hmm. uh, at 4 o'clock here, real quick, let's run through some of these. ESPN's done a cool series about the biggest questions for each division. So with the NFC South, they go through each team. And uh, with the Saints, kind of interesting, the question is... Can they revive their passing offense, which last year in the second half of the season really struggled? Is there any chance, you know how we talked about whether uh, Rodgers is washed? Mm -hmm. Is there any chance Breeze is washed? I think there's a better chance of that than than that Aaron Rodgers is washed when you just look at the age of these two guys. I mean, you just talked in the last segment about the fact that the Saints are paying Teddy Bridgewater more than any team is paying a backup quarterback right Mm -hmm. now. That's probably... For good reason, they're planning. They're planning for the post Drew Brees era, so they seem to think that it's near the end for Drew Brees and his age. I mean, Tom Brady to this point now maybe it's about to change, and because of the the, the rules where you can't touch quarterbacks, sports nutrition, sports science, and everything, and the advances we've made there, maybe players playing at a high level to the age that Tom Brady still is is going to become more the norm. Mm-hmm. But up until now, he's the anomaly. He's the exception to the rule. Most guys start to hit a wall right around the age that Drew Brees is at right now. So I don't think that that's so ridiculous to think, actually. He looked in the second half of the season his age and in the playoffs, too. Even though they got screwed by a very bad missed should have been call that may end up ultimately ruining our lives because of instant replay. Um he didn't play well in that game, and they had other chances to win it. He throws an interception. It's worth wondering if he could fall off because when it happened to Peyton Manning, it even though he, fast. yeah, even though he won the Super Bowl that year, yeah, the velocity completely disappeared. He struggled to throw a spiral, and uh, the second half of the season numbers. Uh, Mike Triplett here wrote about this. He has them. Um, he he dipped to only 234 yards per game passing, seven touchdowns, five picks from mm. Thanksgiving on through the playoffs. So. Not exactly the Drew Brees you expect. Uh, Cam Newton's throwing motion. Any confidence in Cam Newton's throwing motion? Does it look that different to you? It doesn't know. look I, that I just saw different a to me. Highlights. I'm not sure. I saw a side by side. I think it was. I was watching NFL Live, and they showed a side by side of his new throwing motion and his old throwing motion, and it's not. 
that different. It's a little bit tighter. It's a little bit closer to the chest on his windup, but mm-hmm. it's not that different, really. He kind of had a little bit of a, I don't want to call it, call it a hitch, but he would move the ball sort of forward, and then now he maybe doesn't. Yeah. Is that, is that the difference? Yeah, I don't know. I haven't looked at it super closely. i got to break down the tape of Cam Newton's throwing motion. That's tomorrow on Purple Daily. Thanks, Rami. No problem. Back each other with Rami coming up next.